Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, where I help you fix your Catholic marriage. I've coached and helped hundreds of men in their marriages, and now I want to help you. Call 313 Radical now. That's area code 313 Radical. And ask me anything on tough marital issues, such as what to do when she's asked for divorce. What to do when you have a mutual agreement of separation, but you didn't want it. What to do when your wife is cold and distant. What to do when your wife is having an affair. What to do when your marriage is bad, boring, lukewarm, and passionless. What to do when you engage in a mental embrace less than once a month. What to do when you sleep in separate bedrooms. What to do when she has left the home with or without the children. What to do when you're divorced but didn't want it. Call 313-RADICAL. That's area code 313-723-4225. That's area code 313-723-4225. Again, call 313-RADICAL right now for answers to intimacy problems, communication problems, prayer and spiritual warfare problems, authentic masculinity problems, a.k.a. how to man up. So sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock. But don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical coming at you now. Hello, 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 and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live. <laughs> The Catholic podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. Moreover, my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and we're marriage unchained. The art of one flesh divorce combat coaching is the favor of the day while also helping men understand courting, not dating, in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex, but courting is for marriage. In this 112th episode, the Holy Lover series continues with how to save my Catholic marriage when my wife has just plain given up. And today we uncover part one of gift 19 plus live calls from you answering your marriage and crisis questions. So get in that queue call 313 radical. That's 313-723-4225. Or you can call it using your browser at callingstudio.com slash radical one. Don't wait. Get in the queue now for some resolution to your marriage confusion. And 
so we are back with the quote of the day because that's you that's how we like to rock it every day give you guys something to think about in between these uh studious breaks that i put us through (laughs) so let's do this quote husbands love your wives even as christ loved the church and handed himself over for her to sanctify her, cleansing her by the bath of water with the word that he might present to himself the church in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. End quote. Ephesians 5 verses 25 through 27. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern, for some resolution to your marriage confusion. All right, so we here we go, here we go. So that verse from um, Ephesians 5, that quote I just did, verses 25 through 27, you know, I'm not a studious scripture person. You know, I read the Bible most days, but, you know, I'm not one of those people that can sit there and go, oh, that's, that's my favorite verse in the whole Bible, you know. But I am a man of marriage, and so this one is one of my favorite. The whole first 21 through 33 of Ephesians 5, which y'all know is our roadmap to marriage. Um, but man, when it talks about sanctifying her, cleansing her by the bath of the water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish that we husbands have the power to present our beloved before the Lord spot free and blemished just like Christ did with the church, his bride. And so what was that? How do we do that? Through suffering, through sacrifice, through uniting our suffering with Christ for our beloved, for our marriage. And so what that does is that cleanses your wife, that chisels off her imperfections. She becomes more holy. She becomes her sacred self through you as the man, the husband of her dreams, the man that she chose to give her life to. And if you can remember that and try to remember that, man, you will. that will take you far. That will take you far. And that goes into directly into what we are here for today. How to save my marriage when my wife is given up. 10 tips to become a man of sacrifice to ignite her love. And the important part is to ignite her love. We men just do not understand. Not, I don't say we don't understand, but we don't realize. That's a way, that's a better word. We don't realize the 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 effect we have on our wives. If 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 we really truly love them and we show it all the time and we really get into them and we sacrifice and we mainly serve and never think of ourselves, you will be surprised how that ignites the love of your wife. You want respect, you know, because in uh, St. Paul in Ephesians 5, 
verse uh, 21 through 33, he says, wives are to respect their husbands. Didn't say anything about love. Because men, what's important to us is to respect and respect of our wives is utmost important because why? We value our opinion. And when our wives know that, it really ignites her respect for us. That not only because your wife knows that you can overrule her. She knows that in the natural law of things. Now, whether this society fosters that or not, it doesn't really matter. It all comes down to what God's talking about. But everybody knows that the wife and the husband, they they come together as a team and they, they collaborate. Um, and But in the end, the husband's the one that really... Um, knows what's best and does what's best in collaboration with his wife. Why? Because she can't worry about all that stuff. She has the children to worry about. And so he, usually the husband, if he's doing his job properly, he's in a better position to make though that final decision through the help and the, and the, the, the camaraderie ship of his beloved. Okay. And I can't tell you, man, how women they want to respect you. You are their husband. They know they're supposed to respect you. Um, and But what you have to do is you have to earn that respect, man, through through showing her by being an upstanding, honorable man, a holy man. And the more virtuous you are, the more she will come along. You know, um, so today, that's what we're doing. I'm going to, we're going to talk about gift 19, which states a holy lover rejects selfishness in all areas of his life, more important, his marriage. And so that's what's important. You know, you, you reject selfishness and you what you do is you never really think about yourself, you know. So why is selfishness the murderer of marriage? It is said that selfishness is the murderer of marriage. And the reason why which goes to the next question of the number one cause of divorce is selfishness. Why? Um, those two questions go right together because the truth, the truth is, the truth is that we are grown up when we're born, we are naturally selfish. It's part of the fall. But we're supposed to become less selfish the older we get as we go into our elementary school age, as we go into middle school age, as we go into early, um, you know, early preteen, as we go into a teenager and then adult, early adulthood. And as we grow into men and women, we are supposed to let selfishness exit our life. But it's hard, right? Because you need prayer for that. And you need pain. If you don't get rid of it on your own through prayer and your intellect, then what will happen is God will allow pain in your life and that will help you get rid of it because you cannot go to heaven, purgatory, heaven, any of that being selfish. You can't. Either you're going to not be selfish on earth or if you if you don't have any mortal sins and you go to purgatory, God will burn it out of you anyway. And man, your ego is a problem. Uh, ego can be a problem. Pride is a problem. Um, and if we all we think about is ourselves, most people say, well, I'm not selfish. I don't think. Yes, we are. We all are. The, the, the thing about it, the difference between other most people is, um, is most people is those that don't know how to handle it and deal with it and those that really don't deal with it. Okay. And so today we're going to talk a lot about how can you 
become that man, that sacrificial lamb for your marriage and for God? How can you do that? And man, it's it's no big mystery. It's no big trick. Um, so next is next question is the number one. So uh, the number one cause of divorce is selfishness. It is. Think about it. It's not really finances. It's not really she's not giving me any sex. It's not really um, arguing and fighting. What the whole core to that, all those things I just mentioned and more is we only care about what we think, what we want, what we desire. And if anybody in today's society gets in our way, they are the enemy. And that's how people are. Think about it, man. Think of all the people you know, friends, co-workers, church members, straight on the street, how people act in their cars. It's really all about them. Look at the iPhone. It's what's called the iPhone. <laughs> it's called the iPad. You know, all these things are catered to Per, uh, you know, being personal into um, into that personalization to uh, further our selfishness and and only focus on us. And when we only focus on us, this is why social media can be a problem. But I don't I don't say like TV. People say, oh, I get rid of my TV, and TV is a problem. TV is not the problem. It's not because TV is just an entertainment thing. People kill me. You don't have to watch certain things if you don't like it. Oh, I like TV. I like movies. I don't care what nobody says. I do. It's an entertainment, you know. I mean, I don't sit there and watch TV four, five, six hours a day and stuff like eight hours a day like I used to <laughs> when I was before I was really Catholic and stuff. And I, I didn't really understand my mission and stuff. But man, when I'm relaxing, I like to do those things. Like when people, like if if you like social media. And you're two or three hours a night if you work all day and you spend time with your wife and stuff, you just want to relax and hang out. I think social media, it's okay if you look at it for what it is. It's just an entertainment thing. It's nothing that's supposed to be taken serious. But, of course, people always go overboard because they're, they they have no mission in life. They're lonely. They, um, you know, they, they want to be made to feel like there's something um, their ego and stuff. And so people get, you know, taken overboard. But, man, really, for the most part, that dude, what's his name? The creative Facebook. I don't know his name. Whatever his name is, man. They he created that tour to bring people together to for fun, for entertainment. That was his original idea to like bring people in different colleges to know each other and to collaborate. And it grew into this conglomerate. And you got to respect him for that. No matter what you think about his political views or him as a man, you've got to respect that part that he he cared enough to try to bring people together. And he made a business out of it. That was what all of us I would all of us would like to do, right? Um, and so that being said, man, you know, selfishness is it has to be rooted out of your life. If you want your wife and your kids to respect you, you've got to get rid of selfishness and serve. Your our job as husbands is to serve. That's our third mission: protect, defend, and then serve. If you serve, you will get the respect. You will in your family and your wife. You will. She will love you. She will. Um, if you are sacrificing for them and giving all you can and you're working as hard as you can and you certain now you just can't go out and go to work all eight, 16 hours a day and then not give your wife any time or your kids any time. See, people, they that's what people do. They just being they just go overboard with stuff. 
you know, no matter if you work 22 hours out of the 24, when you come home, one of those hours that you got left before you got to go to bed or go back to work again needs to be with your wife. It, it has to be because you'll break the emotional connection without that. Okay. So um, next, what are, um, how do you defeat selfishness in marriage? I just talked about that. You know, you can never ever consider yourself. You can't, you can't, you can't, you must be, you must think about serving. That is how you get along in your marriage. That's how your marriage becomes great. You as the husband, you serve everybody else. And who of everybody else? That's God first, your wife and marriage second, your third is the kids, and then yourself is last in that order. If you try to do it any other way than that, you will fail. You will fail um, because when you think about yourself as a man, men don't think about themselves. That's not how we roll. That's not how authentic uh, masculinity is done. And Christ showed us that, right? You know, um, he did it. He showed it. And he showed it. when he shows it, that means that's what we're supposed to do as men. And if you serve in that order, it will help you. Okay. So after the, oh, um, what are some action steps that you can do to overcome selfishness as a husband? So after the break, real quick, that's what we're going to do. We're going to slide down. We're going to sit back in our chair and we're going to rock this and we're going to have some fun and we're going to, you know, get some knowledge from each other. You guys are going to teach me. I'm going to teach you. And then what we're going to do is we're going to go over some action steps that you can do to get rid of selfishness in your life and, and ignite the passion and fire from your wife. All right. So we will be right back. So hang out. Don't leave. Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So, for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Now let's get going. As promised, how to save your marriage, your Catholic marriage, when your wife has given up 10 tips to become a man of sacrifice and ignite her love for you. Today, we do part one of gift 19, which states a holy lover rejects selfishness in all areas of his life. More important, his marriages is not marriages. <laughs> Boy, we can't go there, can we? It's marriage. I'm sorry. 
Um, so now what we're going to do is um, go into the action steps to help you defeat selfishness and become a man of sacrifice. You must become a man of sacrifice. This is not Jerry saying that. This is Christ saying that. Christ saying that. Christ showed us how to be on the cross. That's why Catholics have the crucifix there. So we can always look and understand our mission and what we're supposed to be doing as a man, giving our life away. Okay. And that's why this holy loving gift is so important because selfishness will murder your marriage. I wrote an article on it too. Selfish is the number one cause of divorce. It is right. It's the root cause of divorce. All right. So now like I said, we are going to get into it. Um, and so when we go over these things and you become a man of selfish, uh, of man, and you defeat selfishness and become a man of sacrifice, this will ignite the fire, desire, um, devotion, and passion from your beloved wife. Um, we will cover the first five today because, uh, man, I've been doing, you know, I don't like this show um, going over an hour, really. Uh, unless I get callers, um, so which makes which helps me, you know, keep us on a time limit. So basically, I started putting things into two into two shows that will help. It helps me and it helps you like keep focus too, um, instead of just rumbling through and trying to hurry up. So they will cover the first five, and then tomorrow, which will be Friday, we'll cover the next five after that. So that being said, let's start with number one. Number one is sacrifice one, a husband's natural order of service. You must, as a man, understand your nat the natural order of service. Remember, as a man, our mission is to protect, to defend, and serve. So the third is serve, Carl. So, so that is why you heard me say earlier, the first off, in order to defeat selfishness in marriage and remove Satan from in between you and your beloved, you must at all costs understand the order of service that will apply to all areas of your life. This train of thought will serve you well, gentlemen. And that thought is you never, ever consider your wants, desires and needs above that of God first, your wife in marriage second, your kids third and yourself last. The reason you don't do that is when you start thinking about yourself as a man, you have failed. I talk to men all the time, and all I hear for the first 30 minutes is I, 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 me, 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 me. That off the bat lets me know that there's a selfishness problem, and that's the reason that we are having marriage problems. We can't get over our own ego. And so if we get our ego getting the way, so I'm going to ask a question. How, why was Satan banished from heaven? Think about it. One, two, three. Okay. Satan was banished from heaven because of why? Because of pride. He would not serve. He would not conform to the will of God, which is eternal happiness and greatness. And so he had to go. So just think about it. If as the leader of your home, the man of the home, the one is tasked to serve and defend that home. You, as the husband, you only not only think about yourself, but you do think about yourself, even occasionally. Or if you think about your wants first, dude, that is that is a recipe for failure. It's a recipe for failure. 
Uh, because what will happen is our wife will start to look at us as what? As selfish. And no woman wants a selfish man. No man wants a selfish woman either. But guess who's the leader? You are. So what happens? You, you have to not be selfish first. I hate to have to always say that, but it's the truth. It took me a long time to get that one. That whatever, if, if I want something in my family as a man, I have to initiate it. If I want more intimacy, I have to do things to get more intimacy. If I want something done, I want the, the, the place cleaned up right, then I've got to do things, initiate things to get the place cleaned up right. Um, you know, and, and that's how it goes. If I don't like selfishness, then and I don't want a selfish wife, then what I have to do as a man is I have to defeat selfishness in myself first, and then our wife will see that, and then what will she do? Naturally, she will stop trying to be selfish herself. And then if she doesn't stop, then of course God will allow pain in her life, it will make her husband unhappy, and then she'll start to change anyway. Okay? But as a man, we have to do it first. So, um, and that thought is like I said, the, this is the priority problem of solving in your life. This is the priority of problem solving in your life. Remember, God first, your wife in marriage second, your kids third, and you only think about yourself last. So what does that actually mean? When it comes to the order of importance of things and problems in your life, it is a harm. So basically what that means is we all have issues and problems in our life. Like we got our, our issues like I got to hear him go to work. I got to do this at work or I got to go to church or I got to, you know, go pick my wife up from work or my wife has to go to an, a, a doctor's appointment or I got to go to a doctor's appointment or the kids. I got to go be somebody kids at school or or whatever. I got I got a, a lunch date with my, my friend or whatever. Right. And so. We a lot of times with men, we don't prioritize right because we don't really know the priority. People always prioritize their job first. That is so a big mistake. You never prioritize your job first over God, your wife, and kids. You never do that. You know why? Because then they'll start thinking you're selfish and you only think about your job and yourself. That, that I mean, because really naturally instinctually wise and kids go well that's his job anyway he's the daddy he's supposed to go to work <laughs> i mean right that's how we think that's how they think and so men get upset i'm busting my butt every day for 10 hours a day and she only appreciate that them kids they all are wacky and they don't listen and blah blah the reason your home is the way it is because as the husband you created that i made this video that's very popular um uh it it you know everybody listens to this video really likes it. It's called Did You Uh Did You Create This Monster? And basically it's this is this the 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 feature image is this woman that on one side she's very pretty, and on the other side, though, she looks like evil. And so, you know, that's that's the thing that in your home. If you, if your wife is a monster, you created that monster. If your kids are monsters, you create that monster. All right. And so that means that when another thing too is as a man, if as a man on a husband, you don't get control of your home, God will make you get control of your home. So what does that mean? He will send the pain in your life until you as a man get control of your house. 
right? So example, if you have disrespectful kids, they curse at you, their body language is disrespectful, they talk to you disrespectfully, and then they go to school, they disrespect the, the, the teacher, they disrespect the principal, they, they have no, they're unruly, they can't do what they want to do, you try to take this stuff away and they cuss you out or, or they're, they're very uh, negative and disrespectful to you, that's because that's your fault. That's you and your wife's fault. Straight up, straight out. Because kids only do what we let them. So what will happen is if you don't get that under control, it will just get worse. And then when they get 18 and they leave, then they'll go out in society and they will be they will inhibit 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 inhabit pain on their own. It will their life will be will be miserable because they only if if you gotta remember if a child no matter how old they are, I don't care if they're 80 years old. If a child can disrespect their mother and father, what do you think they're going to do in society? They ain't going to respect nobody. They ought to be nice to them until they piss them off or something. That's the true test of respect. That as me as a father, when I tell my child to do something and they start uh, and and they they just go do it. I ain't got to tell them no more than one time. They go to get them, go do it. That's a sign of respect and love. Yep. Okay. And so that's so basically what I'm getting at is this. When it comes to the order of importance of things and problems in your life, if it harms your relationship with God, you don't do it. Okay. So example, an example, a good example is this. If if I'm supposed to go to mass every Sunday and not miss church, I know it's a mortal sin. And then church comes. And then my wife, who does not follow her faith like she's supposed to, she's a cafeteria Catholic or what we call a cafeteria Christian, where she just does what she wants. And she goes, hey, I want to go to dinner. I want you and me and the kids to go to dinner. And you're supposed to be at mass at, let's say, nine o'clock in the morning on Sunday and at nine o'clock in the morning, she wants to go to breakfast and we can go miss mass. So do you, so do you do what your wife wants to do or do you go to mass? See, a lot of people would do what their wife want to do because I don't want to upset her. I don't want to piss her off. I don't want to make her mad because she's going to make my life hell. But the manly and masculine thing to do is because I don't want to hurt my relationship with God because he's priority number one in my life. I don't want to hurt my relationship with God. So what do I do? I say, look, baby, we all going to mass. You're going too. Um, and then I start packing the car, put the kids in the car. And if she comes and gets in, that's fine. If she don't, she don't. I'm driving off and going to mass. She can go to breakfast by herself. Because my wife and, and your wife, we're not going to let our wives lead us to hell, right? We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that, right? So that's priority, right? God first, wife and marriage second, kids third, okay? So the next one is um, if it has the possibility of harming your relationship with your wife, you don't do it, right? So we got God the priority right first, okay? But now here's another scenario. You know, uh, let's say I had this happen yesterday. God gave me a great example. Um, his wife's uncle died, and he had um, in the funeral, and she was very upset. 
you know, and with, you know, her, her uncle dying. And so what happened is he, um, oh, he has a, he had a doctor's appointment at the same time as the funeral. And, you know, you know, and, and it wasn't really his fault. He just wasn't thinking straight. You know, he's like, oh, I got to go to the doctor. But his wife wanted him is, is, is in pain and upset at her uncle dad. And she's going to the funeral. And naturally, the place, the natural place of her husband is next to her at the funeral. Right. But he didn't he wasn't thinking he was thinking like a man of, well, you know, I've got to go to this doctor's appointment um, because, you know, I made this appointment before the funeral happened. And if I cancel this appointment, the doctor's always going to be mad at me and they're going to probably penalize me and blah, blah, blah. But then me and him talked and I said, okay, what is the priority? The priority is God first, your wife and marriage second, your kids third and yourself last. So he was going to the doctor for him, right? It was kind of for his wife. I'm not going to tell you what it was for, but it's kind of for his wife too. But it was, you know, it was for him. And so it's easy to, that priority is easy. Okay, if it's not offended God, I'm good. So he was good there. But guess what? That marriage, mar- that marriage and um, the marriage and his, uh, uh, and his wife is second. And if he didn't go, then that would damage his relationship with his wife or have the potential of, de- of, of damaging the relationship. You know what that means? That means that she's going to think, well, he wasn't there for me again. That's how women think. He wasn't there for me. He wasn't there for me. He wasn't there for me, right? And so me and him came to the conclusion that the best move, the best logical move in that scenario would be for him to cancel the doctor's appointment, reschedule it, tell them, look, I, my wife, you know, I got to go to a funeral, and I'm sorry, it just happened. They'll understand, and then what he does is he goes and hugs and kisses his wife, and he's going to the funeral. That's how you do it, right? That's how you do it. Okay. Um, and so the next, the last one is uh, in this category, again, um, if it has the potential of hurting your relationship with your children, you don't do it. Right? Let's say your kid has a football game and the kid, you know, the kid plays high school football. The kid plays football every Friday in, 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 um, in doing the football, high school football season. But man, months and months ago, you scheduled a golf trip with your uh with your buddies, man, with two or three of your buddies and stuff. Now you paid a lot of money too. Pay a lot of money too. What do you do? Do you go watch your kids' football game or do you go and you go on the trip with your buddies? Or you be late and you go when the football game's over. So that's another thing. So that relationship, that thing is not gonna hurt God. It's not confident with God. It's not really going to hurt it with your wife. She might be a little disappointed, but if it's the first couple of times, you know, but that's going to hurt the relationship with your child because he's going to be like, okay, where's my daddy at? My daddy look up in the stands. I know how kids are. They try to act like they don't care about their parents coming not. But if you, every player, every football player, when they're on the field, they all sneak a peek in the stands see if they see where their mom and daddy's at. <laughs> they do, man. They do, they do, they do. <laughs> so that being said, you would go to the football game and you either don't go on your trip or you'd be late and you catch up to the gas later. That's how you keep order in your life. Now, 
let's say that you know the fast thing you're considering yourself, but God is taking care of you. Want to do something? God's taking care of your wife is cool with it, and your kids ain't got no events and everything like that. Then yeah, man, you go do whatever you want. It's your free time now. You see what I'm saying? Okay, sacrifice number two. Um, prayer, prayer. So sacrifice number two is prayer. Prayer is hard, difficult, and a real challenge to make a habit. This is why the real man of love, according to the Catholic Church, is willing the good of another. So that's the real meaning of love. The meaning of love, Christ's meaning of love, God's meaning of love, the Catholic Church's meaning of love is willing the good of another which means what? Love is an act of the will. You will it, right? It's not about feelings and it's not about emotions because if it was, nobody would ever pray, especially men, okay? This is how, this is not, this is not how you feel about someone, but how strong your will is for the betterment of their holiness. Feelings will abandon you. This is why prayer, if you're not praying for your wife, nobody is. So you you have powers over your home and over your wife. You get grace. Your prayers are more powerful for your wife and kids. And if you're not praying for them, then guess what? Man, that's not nobody's praying for them. You, you're, we're leaving our children out and our wives out in society unprotected. Because believe it or not, only you can't as a man, you cannot physically protect your children and your wife every day. Like me right now. I'm I'm giving a podcast. It's it's uh 1030 10:30 in the morning on the east on Eastern time. My wife just went to work. My boy, my sons, both of them just went to work. My other son went to work. My daughter's at work. Uh <laughs> so what if I don't what's protecting them? What's protecting my children and my wife right now? I'm telling you who's protecting them. The Holy Spirit's protecting my family. You know why? Because I get on my knees every day and I pray a rosary. I do whatever I got to do uh, to to ask the Holy Spirit and suffer and sacrifice for my family so that the Holy Spirit will watch over my family while I can't. Okay? That is the power of a man. And it's sad. It's so sad that nobody teaches us this. It's so sad that nobody teaches husbands this. And, and, and if we were taught that when we were a child, like my, my boys, my whole life, their whole life, I said, look, man, you start praying that rosary, man, and reading and, and, uh, and, and, and doing spiritual reading every day. Why? Because when you get married, that's going to be your life. Spiritual reading and prayer. And if you can't pray a rosary, if you don't, if you're not getting the habit of doing that stuff before you get married, you're not going to do it when you get married. But of course, you know how kids are. They don't look. If I need to do it right now, I ain't going to do it. But that don't matter. The thing about it is, man, is me and their mama laid the foundation. And so when stuff starts going bad in their marriage, guess what they're going to do? They're going to pick up that rosary and they're going to start praying it, right? You know they are. You know it, dog. That's how it works. Pain is a miracle worker. Pain is a miracle worker. Okay. Next, sacrifice three. Sacrifice three, confession. Woo, nobody wants to hear about confession, do they? But this is how you serve. This is how you become a man of sacrifice. You've got to go through the pain. And confession is pain. What do you hear about confession? Oh, man, that dude, man, that that priest, he can't be telling me nothing. 
He's not authorized. That's Protestants talking. He ain't authorized to 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 uh, forgive me for forgive my sins and all this stuff. Although it's scripturally based, you know. But I'm not gonna go into that. I wouldn't do that in another show. But the thing about it is, or somebody will say, I ain't in the confession in 50 years, 40 years. Oh man, no wonder your life is horrible. You know, you got all this weight on you. Believe it or not, man, mortal sin. The more we sin the more we get wore down, the more our souls are wore out, the more we are removed from God, the more stupid we get. It's true. It's true. Confession hurts. It's supposed to hurt. But guess what? When you walk out of there, it feels like the monkey is off your back. It feels like, oh, my God, this is this is the bomb. You know, and you get grace for it. It's a sacrament. People don't realize that one either. Confession is a sacrament. It means you get, it's sacred. It means God gives you grace for going to confession. <laughs> Just like when you get married, God gives you grace in your marriage. Just like when you get baptized. If you are, when you're a baby, you get baptized. The reason Catholics baptize babies is to get rid of original sin. But let's say that you're born as a baby and you're 50 years old and you never were baptized anywhere. And through your whole life, you committed all these sins. You murdered people, you raped people, you, you stole from people, you beat people up for no reason. And you come to Christ and you get baptized through water. Guess what? Your soul is completely, completely pure after that. That's why baptism is so powerful. That's why when people come to the church, and they've never been baptized, and they're like in their 20s or 50s or whatever, man, that is like a renewal. And if you really understand the power of God like that, that is awesome, dude. You know, but what is, like me, I was baptized, I think, into my teens, maybe 13 or 14 or something like that. And if, I didn't even know what I was getting baptized for. I didn't even know what it was, really. Nobody really explained it for me. Oh, you're getting baptized. Okay, you go, with some watch for your sins. Okay, you know. People don't tell you why or nothing. They don't really sit you down and explain nothing, you know. And my, my mother's name said, you to be baptized. Okay. <laughs> don't know why, but I did it, <laughs> you know. Um, so next, confession is the bomb, though, man. You get grace for confession, all right? This is why we can't rely on our feelings because we never go to confession. People don't go to confession because of shame, because of guilt, because they don't want to tell. So first of all, the priest don't remember nothing. When you tell a priest something, he'll remember nothing anyway. He got, say you're in line and there's 10 or 15 people in line or five people in line. You go into confession, you know, you're the first one in there, which I try to do all the time. You're the first one in there. He hears you and he absolves you and you leave. Man, he didn't basically forget. So the next person walks in there, he forgot who you are. Sometimes I don't even know, know you. You know, and by taking to that 10th or 15th person, he don't even remember what the first person was about or the fifth person or the 10th person. So the, the God set it up like that. The Greek uh, priests are given a certain grace to forget what they hear in confession. You know, they have to forget the person and all of that stuff. It's great. Okay. Um, so people don't go to confession because they feel guilty. You must forget confession or you'll feel guilty about instructing your children on how to deal with evil. There's another thing why you go to reason why you go to confession to be a man of sacrifice. Because why? Here's the people who don't go to confession do. This is what people who don't go to church do and go to mass. Here's what they do. The kid doesn't say the kid goes out. 
let's say when you're young and you were in your 20s, you know, you robbed a bank. Let's just say that or a liquor store or something, you know, and you got you got you got arrested with the jail and all that kind of stuff. And so then uh, your kid, your kid gets to be like 13 years old. Then your kid goes and steals a uh, hundred dollars out of your out of his mama's purse, you know, and you go. You you, you want to talk to him and tell him what to do and do, but you really can't can have conviction. Why? Because you did it. Because you did it, right? You go, you know, you say it's wrong, but you know, I understand I did it and, you know, just don't do it again and blah, blah, blah. But when you go to confession, right, God has forgiven you. And when God forgives you, then that gives you the power and the conviction to go out and say, listen, don't do that, son, because what you did was wrong. This is why. And, you know, if you ever do it again, go to, you got to go to confession and you got to get that off your soul and blah, blah, blah. But if you, a person doesn't go to church or you don't go to, you don't go to uh, confession or anything like that, you're going to justify what your kid did. Because why? Because you did it and, and you don't have that off of you, you know? So next, uh, we should be going to confession at least monthly, at least once a month. Uh, God instructs priests to perform this task. So Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. John 20, 20 through 22 through 23. We must remember that nothing we do, uh, prayer, good works, sacrifice, or suffering, merits nothing in the eyes of God if we are in mortal sin. This is why confessions is important because if you don't, if you're in mortal sin, your prayers that you pray for people matter nothing in the eyes of God. They have no merit. So this is this is church teaching. This is um, Christ teaching. Okay. The reason why is because if you're in mortal sin, you've turned your life over to you've turned your life over to Satan. We've separated our life. We've separated ourselves from God, and so we've given ourselves over to Satan. So we're to, we've told God, I don't care what you talking about, God, I'm going to do it this way over here. And so he goes, okay, no problem. So if you're in more, if a man's in mortal sin, which means what you broke the natural law, which is what the 10 commandments, you know, basically, um, you know, uh, sleep when I sat, you know, sleep with a girl and you're not married to her masturbating pornography, you know, all the stuff, you know, all the stuff, stealing and murder, all that kind of stuff. You know, if you're in mortal sin as a as a husband, what happens is you just separate yourself. It's doubly it's doubly screwed up because not only do you as the husband separate yourself from God and turn yourself over to Satan, as the leader of your home, you basically have turned your home and your wife and your kids over to Satan as well. You have allowed the demonic in your home. You've opened the door. And so when you as the leader do that, then you are responsible. So guess what? You're responsible for all that evil that has entered your home. I can't express that enough. And then as a man, if all of a sudden you start praying, but you haven't been forgiven, your prayers for your wife, your prayers for your children, for your mother, your father, your friends don't mean nothing in the eyes of God. You're just wasting your breath. Now, here's the caveat to that. If you're in mortal sin and you're praying, you're praying, and that and you're praying to 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 better yourself, like God, please save my marriage, 
God, please, uh, God, please, um, please help me be a better man. You know, those prayers, if those prayers are going to be good, if the prayer is good for your soul, your particular soul, then God hears those. And so this is why you've got to go to confession and you've got to get forgiven through the, in, in the church. That's why. Um, because as the leader of your home, you're basically at a disadvantage. When you're in grace, your power is magnificent. When you turn your grace over and you, you leave grace and separate from God, you're, you become like a limp, you know what? <laughs> so next, two more. Uh, sacrifice for the rosary. Woohoo! So your number, your number one battle weapon to defeating a bad marriage and, and selfishness is the rosary. Many men are ignorant to spiritual warfare. Start out saying, the de- saying one decade for 30 days. It will change your life and build holiness and virtue. The rosary is arguably the most powerful prayer there is. Of course, fasting is the most powerful, but those two are so really close. Um, and I'm telling you, the rosary has changed my life. Before I started praying the rosary, I could tell you my character wasn't right. Um, I had a lot of anger issues. I would get frustrated. And, you know, I started praying the rosary, man. And that it, it's true. It, it's, I've been praying the rosary for, I don't know, 20 years now, 15 years, 2008, something like that, 2009, 10. I don't know. What's it? 15 years, 13, whatever. But I'm telling you, man, it will change your life. If you're not praying the rosary, man, you are at a disadvantage again because it's the number one spiritual weapon to protect you and your family from the demonic. And it will change you as a man. It will change your character. It will change your 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 the way you are. It will help you become meek and humble. And, and your wife will see the difference. Your children will see the difference. Your friends will see the difference. I can't express to you. And also... The Blessed Mother is important in spiritual warfare. She that you pray the rosary, that will keep the demonic away. It will if you do other th- other things right and you cultivate and you do what the, what the Holy Spirit asks you to do. Okay, we've got to understand that our suffering and sacrifice means something as a man. You never go through any suffering without uniting that suffering with Christ for that of your wife and your marriage and your children. Okay, if you stub your toe, you say, oh my God, <laughs> that hurt. I offer this pain, Christ, up to you for my wife. Father Ripperker says, he's a priest, actually in the Catholic Church. He says that men um, don't, they don't, they don't suffer, they don't offer their pain up enough for their spouse, for their wife. And I, he says it for women too. Women don't when they get in when they when they go through pain, they don't offer that that suffering up to Christ for their for their husband. Okay, it's very important we learn to do that. All right. So number five and the last one for today: <laughs> sacrifice five fasting. Ooh, nobody likes fasting. I don't know if people hate prayer worse or fasting worse. <laughs> <laughs> so look, you can't become holy if you don't deny your pleasure and if you don't suffer. Fasting teaches us to sacrifice for another. 
Fasting builds a strong and powerful intellect and will. It prevents us from becoming soft and weak of mind. It assists you in purifying your wife by giving yourself your pleasure, your comfort for hers. Fasting teaches us mortification of self. We begin to die to our own will and accept holiness and virtue in the acceptance of God's will for us. Christ gave his life for his bride, the church. As men, we must do the same. And only through our willing to sacrifice can this be done. We are made for this battle, gentlemen, and will never find peace until we accept the mission. I can't tell you how fasting has also helped my life. It has it has given me, it has shown me that I can conquer my flesh. And believe it or not, like I said, like that passage said, man, fasting will make you have you a stronger intellect. It will help you become a stronger willed man. You you can deny pleasure. You can deny yourself pleasure. You learn how to sacrifice for another, for God, for your wife, for your children, for society as a whole, before you think about yourself. And this is this is the true mark of a man to not consider his own pains, his own wounds, his own sufferings, but only those of God, which is Jesus Christ in this occasion, his wife and his beloved children. And I can express to you how this mindset will change your life. Come to the conclusion that this is your life as a man that no longer will I consider myself first, never, ever again, because I can't allow that. I can't allow Satan. That's one of the best ways to get Satan out of your life is through humility. To not consider you, you know, that's why fasting also is important because of, um, because it keeps the demonic away from you. If you fast and you're saying and you fasting, you're uniting that suffering with Christ for your wife, the demons will leave you alone. They will go mess with somebody else because demons, which are fallen angels, their whole thing is they want you to think about anything but God. They don't care what it is as long as your mind is not on God. So if you as a man say, forget that, I'm going to fast for 10 days, right? I'm going to fast for two days or five days or a day. And you unite that for Christ because you're trying to make your wife, purify your wife's soul. Guess what, man? You're they, they The demonic is leaving you alone. And you're showing the Holy Spirit, you're showing God that you're willing to sacrifice to get your marriage right. You're willing, to, you're willing to actually give your body, your mind, your soul through fasting to fix your marriage, to make it great. And one of the things that I try to get guys to do, if you want to save your marriage and it ain't working, you start fasting. You start fasting and you fast for as long as it takes to get that wife, to change the heart of your wife, okay? That right there is showing God you're serious about what you're doing. You're sacrificing your body, your whole self, your sacred self for your wife. 
what more honorable way to die to yourself as a man than that? Okay. My wife gets on me all the time. I start talking about fasting. Oh, you're going to get sick. Oh, don't do it, baby. Don't do it. I don't want you to hurt yourself. <laughs> She's so sweet. I, I got the best woman ever. So that is it for today. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be out of here. Okay. Thank you guys for hanging around. Bam. Let's talk about your Catholic marriage problems. Weekdays, 10 a.m. Eastern. Live streamed on the Catholic Alpha Radical Facebook page and CatholicAlpha.com. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. Okay, okay, we are back and we are done for today. But I want to say one more thing in that, maybe two. <laughs> but I just want you to know that the way we work as men is we give of ourselves. And until we do, we will never feel satisfied as a man. You hear me talk about all the time how the sexual fulfillment, the satisfaction, the complete fulfillment of your wife and her psyche is so important in marriage. And of course, I believe it, and I don't believe that it's the truth. You know, it really, that is important. But the way you as a husband, as a man, as a father, get that same fulfillment as a man is by giving your life away serving, sacrificing, suffering for, for that others and uniting that suffering so that you're suffering, you're not that suffering with Christ and God and the Holy Spirit for that of your wife. And then you become fulfilled and satisfied as a, as a man. That's how it works. As long as a husband, all we do is think about ourselves. And our pleasure and we're seeking we're our, our whole goal in life is to become is to seek pleasure. Then we become weak in, in our mind. We become weak in our body. We become weak in our soul and our intellect becomes weak. And, you know, when it comes the day of, of when it comes for the day that you're going to have to give your life for, um, you know, you're challenged to give your life for God, for Christ. 
And when that day comes, if you've never fasted, if you've never prayed a rosary, if you've never prayed for your wife or suffered for your wife or suffered for your kids as far as spiritually and um, and morally and, and everything, when it comes to be a martyr for God, if that day comes, the high, there's a highly likelihood that we would fail that test, right? Because we're so scared to die. We're so scared to, to 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 lose our life that we would basically do anything to keep it, even deny that we love Christ. And so I leave you with that. I leave you with that. If we as husbands and fathers cannot get in the habit of sacrificing and suffering for something other than our own pleasures and our own wills, how will we ever be great in the eyes of our wife and God and our children? All right? So with that being said, we end today with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, as we always do. And it states, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. So go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is up on you. Fast. Pray and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313-RADICAL. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang.